The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Sportsplex. I'm Clay Link, alongside lead prospect writer James Anderson. James is going to be looking at your latest article, Farm Futures, Quick Hits and Overreactions. I've been overreacting myself. Uh, this Reds 1-4 start, really a bummer, James, but not all as bad. You know, our main event team, which we drafted one week ago today, doing pretty well. Uh, we got a couple exciting debuts tonight to talk about, so not all is uh, not all is bad. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know about you, I I'm having a hard time adjusting to the new uh, fantasy baseball Twitter. Like every time a guy goes like two for three, or every time a guy goes zero for four, it's like very indicative of their talent level and. Um, it's tough to. I mean, I I know I know everyone's just so starved for baseball stuff to talk about, but um, yeah, I mean the overreaction part. It's not it's not my favorite thing. I mean, I, I like large samples. I don't like small samples. Yeah, but, uh, we kind of have to deal with what we have. 
Yeah, this is the exact same way the Reds got off to it last year. They won opening day, then kind of just dug themselves a hole. So I'm trying not to overreact. Mike, uh, Nick Castellanos has been great so far, homeward the other night. But I just, David David Bell, just, I don't get it, man. Like, Michael Lorenzen, something's clearly wrong with him. Uh, I feel like David Bell's one of those guys who kind of reinvented the wheel. Like, he thinks he's inventing managing as he's doing it. Uh, kind of overthinking it a little bit, but hopefully they get on track. And by the way, is our main event pitching staff still first? I, I know you you mentioned that. Uh, I haven't checked myself. Oh. but Yeah, I should check on that. Might as well uh, brag about it if it is. No, it's not first anymore. Oh. Um, I think we're, you know, we're, we have a, I think we have like a 1-2 ERA and like a 1-6-something whip or an 0-6-something whip, but uh, we have not. I think we're a little bit behind on innings uh, from some of the top teams, so not surprised that we don't have the strikeouts or the wins to maintain that number one overall spot on the pitching set. I see. I thought maybe we would after we had Aaron Savali active, right? So I thought maybe we'd stick No, dude, I, I don't think we... Oh, did we not get Savali? I must have him confused. I have him on several teams, but... Yeah, yeah, me too. He must too. have missed I, out. I... <clears throat> I have a decent amount of Savali, but would have liked to have had him in uh, this one since it is uh, probably our best main event team. Yeah, I've, I was be mistaken. That must be like the one team I don't have him on. But anyway, I'm looking forward to playing that out. Um, James, tonight we have Nate Pearson debuting. Tough matchup, though, in his debut getting the Nationals. The Nats not off to a great start either. They're 1-4 as well. So, uh, you know, he draws the start opposite Max Scherzer. Should be fun to watch. What are your expectations for Pearson as he navigates to the big leagues? Uh, I think he'll be solid. I mean, I think you he's he's definitely above that threshold of pitching prospect that you play the matchups on. I mean, I think he's a guy that you you start whenever he's taking the ball uh, with with rare exceptions. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of cool gifts and stuff that, that emerged from this first outing. People are going to be falling all over themselves and freaking out uh, with every pitch. Uh, so that, that'll be something to look forward to if you're into that type of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a really good pitching prospect. He's healthy. He's built up. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think there's much more to say than that. I mean, I think he'll be a guy that can just kind of set it and forget it for the rest of the season. That's pretty nice. I didn't start him in TGFBI this week, just given the matchup. Thought, uh, let's wait and see. But I, you know, if you started him, I think you know you'll probably have a pretty good debut and hopefully get some good stats the rest of the way. I think he's, would you say, more or less ready than a guy like I don't know Cease, who we've seen have some struggles. You don't see those kind of ups and downs to start. <laughs> well, no. I mean, I'm not a Cease guy. Uh, I mean, Pearson's got way better command than that. I mean, Pearson doesn't have, I, I wouldn't say he has plus command yet, but, um, I mean, he's got better command than, than Dylan Cease does. Um, I mean, I think it's more, I, I think it's more interesting to kind of compare Pearson to say, um, like Dustin May, Spencer Howard. Um, I, I think I prefer Howard and, and May over Pearson. Um, just on a per start basis in 2020. Uh, but I think Pearson is, is certainly a guy that you should be like, I would, I would have started him if I, if I had him in, uh, I'm, why are you so 
intimidated by that Nationals lineup? <laughs> That's a good question, especially down Juan Soto, but he'll be back soon. I, I don't know. I'm just uh, not tonight, but, uh, you know, world champs. Uh, yeah. Huh, I'm just waiting for him to get going a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at it like like it's Trey Turner at the top, and then after that, I mean, I, I don't know. I, hey, Adam Eaton, come on. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I hear you. I, well, I still have it in my mind, I guess, that Soto's in there, but I I also, in TGFB, I have kind of a really good pitching staff, so I just yeah, wanted to yeah. wait and see. You're too loaded. You're too loaded. You didn't need to roll <laughs> that dice. I get it. I I'm get risk it. averse. I've already been <laughs> playing with fire on my ratios in a few leagues, so... I don't know. I don't think Pearson's going to have like a blow up. I'm not worried about that, but I uh, I don't know. I was just a little hesitant. Hopefully, I'll get you know. Hopefully, he'll stay healthy and we'll get the rest of those starts. But I just couldn't couldn't pull the trigger yet in TGFBI. Well, uh, you know what's going to happen now is he's going to go out there and shove against the Nats, and then you'll plug him in for that two step next week, and he'll have one. He'll have a blow up outing. Oh, of course, I'm positive that'll happen. Um, yeah, we'll see though. By the way, with Spencer Howard, do you still expect him this week? Uh, I know with them having a couple postponed games, they reshuffled things. Do you still expect to see him on Friday or Saturday? No. Uh, I do. I think he will definitely, unless he gets hurt, I think he will definitely join the rotation next week. Um, the fact that they have kind of gone out of their way to, um, you know, that they, they can go Nola Wheeler Arietta this weekend. Um, and you know, he only, I think he only threw like three, three and two thirds, something like that in his, uh, start at the satellite camp the other day. So I think it makes sense to wait till next week. You let him throw another sort of sim game or, or exhibition game, and get him to the point where he can make that first start without any sort of restrictions uh, on his pitch count. So uh, I would expect him next week. I, I guess I would hope for it to be maybe um, maybe one of those games against the Marlins. I'd prefer him to face them than the Braves, obviously. But, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I think uh, I didn't start Howard in any of my leagues just because I, I didn't think it was a, a foregone conclusion necessarily. I thought it was a possibility, but... Uh, hopefully we can get confirmation on him coming up sometime next week in time for people to put him in their lineups, but I, I don't expect him this weekend. Yeah, a little bit of a tough break for those who've been waiting. I've been waiting long, but it shouldn't be much longer either before you can use Spencer Howard. Christian Javier getting the start for Houston. Uh, I know we saw him in the fall league, didn't we? Briefly, I want to say. Maybe not, but I think Javier has got some intrigue, but do you think he's a finished product? Um, you know, it's, it's to be determined. I don't, I mean, I don't think anyone is a finished product necessarily that, that hasn't uh, made their first MLB start, but he, he's kind of an enigma because he just has, just you know if you just look at performance and results he's just unbelievable i mean he's got ridiculous uh minor league numbers but it's kind of all it's a lot of deception he's got uh this this 93 94 mile an hour invisible that that really uh flummoxes guys in the zone uh guys just kind of 
swing through it and, and uh, can't square it up. And he doesn't really have a, a plus breaking ball or um, or really a plus off-speed pitch, although he does throw a bunch of stuff. I mean, he, he's, it's kind of craft. It's deception. It's uh, really led to a lot of outstanding um, minor league production. And I, I think, you know, we can't necessarily say that it's, it's not real until we sort of see how he does against big league hitters. But I mean, I wouldn't start him against the Dodgers tonight in, in almost any format. I mean, I think that's that's definitely one to avoid. Uh, but if if he gets lit up, just just if he gets lit up tonight, I don't think that means that he's not going to have some good starts uh, later this season. I just think it's a really tough matchup. Um, you know, he probably won't go five innings, even if he's pitching well. Um, I would I would expect him to probably go three and two thirds or maybe four innings, uh, if he's going good. Uh, but then next week he might line up for a two step. That's, you know, at Arizona, at Oakland, not super confident in him having good starts in, in either of those matchups either. But, um, I think he was kind of the clear guy to step in when Verlander went down because Javier is on a starter's track. I think he projects to be their number four, number five starter long-term, uh, you don't you don't adjust the development of a guy like Forrest Whitley because of injuries in the big league rotation. Like you, you don't change your development plan for a guy like that just because of, of what happened at the big league level. So I think that Javier made a lot of sense, and I, I don't expect him to have a great start tonight just because of the matchup. But I think he'll pitch well enough uh, to kind of keep his head above water uh, over the rest of the season. Like I, I think he's in that same kind of class as like. David Peterson with the Mets and Brady Singer with the Royals. Um, so, I mean, if you are excited about those guys, I think Javier's kind of uh, same quality of, of starting pitcher, but he probably won't have the same type of results that those guys did in their big league debuts. 113 two-thirds innings across the three highest levels of the minors last year. 170 Ks in those 113 and two-thirds innings. 174 ERA. Did have four point seven walks per nine though, and yeah, the you know the lack of maybe a trusted third, fourth pitch, maybe shaky command. We'll see, but I I do think there's enough there to be, uh, you know, to add him to your your watch list at least. Maybe add him to your fab priority list this weekend. I like Singer too. We picked him up in. Uh, <clears throat> well, we we drafted him. Yeah, we drafted him. I, I just think like if he's on par with Singer, that's. You know, it's pretty nice. I think Singer, I'm not over the moon, but uh, you know, getting this start in Detroit and then the two-step, and I think maybe Javier could at least help you maybe make up some ground in K's. And good team. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think with Singer, uh, I still think all these guys are just, just matchup guys. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm not going to be in favor of starting Singer on next week's two-step against the Cubs and the Twins. Uh, I think you're kind of asking for trouble if you do that. And I'm I'm kind of even apprehensive about, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's it's the Tigers. So typically, I would I would start anyone against the Tigers, and we are starting him. Um, but it's just, you know, the big league hitters are big league hitters, and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a bit of. Uh, a rude awakening at some point for Singer. I'm hoping it's not uh, tomorrow against Detroit. Rude awakening. I love it. Finisher of uh, Rick Rude. 
<laughs> all time best. Um, yeah, if pitchers just dropping like flies. Though, and you're right, you you want to pick your spots carefully. I didn't realize that was the two step for singer. That's kind of disappointing. But pitchers dropping like flies and just having some arms on your bench is important. So yeah, Javier will be guy I'm in on uh, this coming weekend. James, real quick, a word from our friends over at Owners Box. Do you love the strategy of season-long fantasy sports? Live for the short-term gratification of DFS, then be the first to try weekly fantasy sports, WFS. Owner's Box is here to change the game starting on July 31st. The first 10,000 users who sign up for the beta will receive exclusive access to the new weekly fantasy sports platform. Weekly fantasy sports keeps players engaged through live drafting, social interaction, a new layer of strategy that puts the power back in your hands. No more submitting a lineup and forgetting about it. Users will be engaged throughout the entirety of the contest. Compete with your opponent over seven days of fierce competition and get paid out weekly. The owner's box game provides users with a fun and engaging rule set that revolves around a set number of game opportunities by roster position. Your players earn you points throughout the week, but only if you have enough games available at that position. In addition, the Owner's Box platform will curate a community amongst their users and allow them to engage socially in multiple different ways, add friends, create groups, and rank up to elevate the trash talk and competition to the next level. Go to ownersbox.com slash rotowire and sign up for their exclusive beta right now. Each user who signs up will receive 100 Owner's Bucks free that can be used to enter contests risk-free. James... Your article this week, Quick Hits and Overreactions, what was kind of the thought process behind this, just having some overreactions yourself, um, trying to look at things through a more rational lens? Uh, well, I needed to write an article, and um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't really it's uh, hard, know exactly man. what to write about, but um, yeah, I mean, some of this stuff is just me kind of reacting to uh, – stuff that annoys me on Twitter. Some of it is just guys that, uh, you know, I'm not going to waste my time telling you that Dustin May is a, a good guy to have on your fantasy team right now. I mean, he should be owned in every single competitive league. Uh, but some guys that are maybe a little more uh, under the radar or have lower uh, rostered percentage totals and um, just kind of whatever was on my mind. Uh, but yeah, needed to get an article out, and so here it is. Well, I respect that, man. You write an article every week, a lot of times multiple articles a week, and uh, you do a lot of writing. So I realize with no minor league season, this is pretty tough, but I thought you did a good job here. In the first header on the, in the articles, not every team is as dumb as the Rockies. They have been starting Sam Hilliard on the strong side of a tune, which kind of surprises me. Uh, but they are a very dumb team when it comes to blocking young players, getting some albatross contracts in there to just hinder themselves, you know, shooting themselves in the foot. But the Astros at least seem to be leaning toward Kyle Tucker. They weren't necessarily early on with Aledmus Diaz getting some time, but he's hurt now. So it does seem like Kyle Tucker will be given a chance and uh, could run a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um it seems like, yeah, it seems like he's probably strong side platoon uh, at DH right now. But, I mean, they, they have other ways that they can get him at bats. Um, I just, you know, I, I 
he's been playing more than he was like a couple days ago. And I saw a lot of people uh, complaining about the lack of playing time. But, um, you know, I just wanted to point out that they're, you know, the Astros have much more information on Kyle Tucker than you do. Uh, and you, I mean, whoever's rostering him in fantasy leagues and he's not rated out as a good defender thus far in the majors. Uh, that could change, but, um, you know, he, he regressed last year at AAA relative to the rest of the league. And I just think, you know, just because there have been instances of prospects getting unfairly blocked by teams like the Rockies in the past, um, I don't think we should just say that Houston hates Kyle Tucker, Houston is, is doing him dirty, or that they're not giving him uh, the proper amount of playing time. I think that, you know, I think I, I trust them to have a better read on what to do with him than most of us. And, you know, I think we're, we'll get to see how that power speed combination plays this year against big league pitching. And I, I think there will probably be some, some homers, some steals, but I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the year, you kind of look down at his slash line, his WRC plus his wins by replacement. And you maybe don't see, uh, something that looks like a future superstar there. Another guy who kind of fits that mold is Carter Keyboom. They expected, or, you know, we kind of thought he'd be the regular option. He's only made one start so far, four plate appearances, but he is nursing a groin issue that has him unable to play the field. Even when healthy, do you think Keyboom should be an everyday player for this Nats team? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I think that, I think there are some varying opinions out there about Keyboom's upside, but I just I don't see him as like this superstar franchise cornerstone type of young player. I think he's going to have a, a long big league career. Uh, I think he's going to have a you know five six seven year run as a guy that is a, a mixed league starter in fantasy. Maybe not necessarily at uh, third base or second base, maybe like middle infield starter in a 15 team league or 12 team league. But I just, I don't think people should be freaking out that he's not playing over as Jubal Cabrera uh, on certain days when they're both healthy, because I, I think it's possible as Jubal Cabrera is still a better big leaguer than him. And this is a team that obviously wants to go back to back. They're not, playing this 60-game season to develop their young players. They're trying to win games. And um, Keyboom is a, is a solid prospect. I think I have him as my 50th overall prospect, but he's not such a good prospect that it's a crime when he whenever he heads to the bench. Interesting. You know, I'm kind of sick thinking about not starting Pearson against this team now. You put that in my head, and now I'm uh, – you know who I, I'm coming – things are coming back to me as I – as I think about this, you know who I started over Nate Pearson tonight against the Snats team? Anibal Sanchez, two-step. <laughs> oh, man. Well, you you already regret that one. Yeah. he gets. The, I think he gets the Orioles, but who knows if the Orioles are going to be playing? I I guess they are, but uh, or maybe it was the Orioles. I thought the second half of the two-step was good, but yeah, that's looking real bad now. Anyway... Clint Frazier, uh, I imagine this little blurb here was kind of in relation to something you saw on Twitter. Somebody mad that Frazier was sent down. Yeah, I just, th- this first section of the article was just me um, 
getting out some frustrations on people freaking out on Twitter about guys they drafted not playing as much as they thought should, they should play. Um, you just you have to like I, I just hate this sort of knee jerk reaction to like why isn't he playing? Why isn't he in the lineup? This is crazy. Like free free this guy, free that guy. Like not everyone needs to be freed. Like uh, everyone. Everyone's situation is different. Not every player is as good as you think they are. And uh, if you think Clint Frazier should be on the 30-man roster and should be playing for the Yankees, then I think you should be required to tell me who he should be playing over. And I just don't see a case for him to be playing over any of the outfielders they kept on uh, the big league roster. Plus, with the guys they have, like the injury issues, depth is going to be important. And, you know, a lot of people are like, well, why don't they just give him away to another team? Well, that depth may be tested and Frazier could be called upon. Uh, you don't want to just give a guy like that away. So I don't blame the Yankees for wanting to sit on that depth a little bit and, uh, you know, wait for an offer they like if they do get someone for Frazier. And you're right that not everybody needs to be freed, James, but let me tell you one guy who does need to be freed. Tyler Stevenson. <laughs> I know Casale hit another homer last night, but Stevenson, I thought, earned his first career start with his performance on, what, Monday. Uh, anyway, I come on. Let's give this guy a chance. He homered in his first big league plate appearance, had another base hit. Uh, I just, I don't know, Kurt Casale getting to start every single day? What did, you, what did you think of uh, Stevenson's framing uh, after he got into the game? I thought it was pretty good. I think he was catching Antone, TJ Antone, who was also impressive in his debut. I I never got the Wade Miley experiment. A lot of the red signings I really was happy with. I never understood the Wade Miley signing. He was terrible. And then TJ Antone came in and actually kept the Reds alive. They almost came back and were gifted a win by Craig Kimbrell, but they couldn't capitalize. Craig Kimbrell looks like a total mess. You were right about that. He... He's a disaster. I couldn't believe you told me that you took him in a league. What the one hell? One league, only one, but yeah, that was really stupid, and I regret it. Uh, we we <laughs> took more? some crappy closers, but that was those were a lot better crappy <laughs> yeah. closers than yeah. Kim- we took. Well, we took our crappy closers in the two hundreds. Yeah, you didn't. You could. You didn't have to take Wade Davis or Brandon Kinsler at pick one forty. Where I saw Craig Kimball going at some main events. <laughs> yeah, he looks just. Really bad. They had to pull him, give Jeremy Jeffers the save. So, what's uh, what's more likely that Wade Miley makes his next start or that Craig Kimbrell gets the next Cub save opportunity? Oh, the Reds aren't going to pull Miley yet. <laughs> so, I'd say it's much more likely that the Cubs turn elsewhere for the next save opportunity. The Reds are going to be stubborn with Miley, even though he <laughs> shouldn't be starting. Uh, one guy who we picked up late, and we were both at the time in our main event kind of like, hey, we're getting an everyday outfielder with a little pop here pretty late. Kyle Lewis, heck of a start for him. And because Byron Buxton was hurt, we were forced to start Lewis. Uh, sometimes, James, you have to have a little luck on your side. Yes. And uh, I think I said when we when we took Lewis, I was like, look, I don't, I don't think he's good, um, but – I do believe in like guys being dialed in and he was obviously as dialed in as anyone uh, during summer camp. And yeah, like uh, an everyday guy that you know is just never going to sit unless he's hurt 
uh, after pick 300 in the main event, um, you know, that's got some appeal for sure. And I think the key for us with Kyle Lewis will be being wise enough to pull him from the lineup at the right time and not give back all that value he's already provided uh, by keeping him in there too long. Absolutely. Uh, He is walking quite a bit early on. It's good to see. Uh, I mean, three walks. (laughs) He's striking out a ton, but uh, you never know. Maybe he's figured something out. He was hot, but I think you're right that if we – Make that switch, you know, we're not going to give back a lot of that value he's already provided. And Buxton, ostensibly healthy again. He's back in the lineup last night, right? So yeah. uh, we'll probably make that swap on Friday. And we have uh, the, the red hot Jacoby Jones oh, on the bench, hey, too. So one dollar ad. Just, we just have, we have too much talent at outfield. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have a lot of tough calls coming up. <laughs> That's so true. Real quick note from our friends over at Sportsplex. Are you looking for free-to-play daily fantasy sports? Sportsplex offers free entry tournaments from a wide range of sports, including MLB, NBA, and eSports. Fast and easy sign-up with social login and no more complicated deposits and withdrawal process. Sportsplex is designed with much simpler verification. Special feature of Sportsplex allows not only financials recorded, but wins, losses, and even lineups to be stored and publicly available. Sportsplex gives easy, transparent, and super secure experience to players from all around the world, opening up a new era for sports fans. You can review how others played by checking out their profiles. Your chances of winning are much higher at Sportsplex. Sportsplex also provides incredible rewards-driven experience. 30% of rake collected will be distributed to players by the unique reward system. Players accumulate points by logging in in entering contests, or by referring friends. The more points earned, the higher the rewards will be. Sign up at sportsplex.com. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-P-L-X.com and enter free tournaments today. James, uh, what else was on your mind in terms of early surprises you saw in the first week? So this one is not a... um it's, it's not super relevant right this minute in redraft leagues, but I I just think Sean Anderson looks ridiculous out of the Giants' bullpen right now. Like, he, he's just well, making Dodgers. Look great, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he I think, what, he's got like a 70% strikeout or something like that. Um, it's only been a couple innings, but – and, he, and he's, walked, uh, he's walked some guys too. But, um, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think the Giants – uh, I mean, I think the Giants really hate fantasy baseball, first of all. Like, they are going to be very tough uh, in terms of getting uh, value out of their, their starting pitchers, getting value out of their relievers. Uh, so I, I don't necessarily think that just because Sean Anderson looks like the clear best reliever in that bullpen means he's going to get saves this season. Uh, in fact, they've deployed him kind of in the middle innings as sort of a bridge from their primary pitcher to their late inning relievers but you know as the season goes on if it just becomes abundantly clear that he's their best guy and the guy that is most likely to uh, protect a lead late I think it's possible but the the main reason I mentioned him is I think he's the guy that you should add in dynasty leagues if you can because you know he might not provide saves this year and you know the Giants will surely probably not be a very good team in 2021 either. But 
I think he's the type of guy that could be a top 10 closer whenever the Giants kind of get back to respectability. Uh, at some point, they're going to try to win games, and at some point, they're going to give their best relievers the ball at the end of games. And I think that Anderson clearly looks like the cream of the crop right now in San Francisco. Yeah, I saw him, I think, on Sunday night baseball against the Dodgers, and he looked really good. He came in, as he said, I think kind of just right after the starter left after four or five, and he did look great. I totally whiffed on this bullpen. I In our stake league, I got Tyler Rogers and Tony Watts. <laughs> Hey. Turned out it's neither. It's Trevor Gott for now, and then yeah, maybe Anderson down the road. But uh, Kapler seems like another manager who's uh, reinventing the wheel a little bit. <clears throat> the way he's handling this pitching staff, kind of annoying. One guy who caught my eye in the San Diego Padres lineup was Edward Olivares. I saw that Will Myers was a DH. Will Myers has been playing a little first as well, and so you know with Franchi gone. Hey, there's a spot for Olivares. I was surprised though because he's he hadn't played above Double A before this season. Did have a, a quite a bit of stolen base value there. Thirty five steals, eighteen homers at Double A. Is there anything to get excited about here with Olivares? Yeah, I mean he's got power, he's got speed, uh, and like you said, I mean he he likes to run. The big question is. Is he going to be a short side platoon guy, or are the Padres going to be open to him earning a bit more playing time as the season goes on? I think you're you're probably looking at, um, the, yeah, like his his best avenue is Will Myers just getting kind of pigeonholed as the DH, and then, um, you know, him starting in the outfield. You know, there's guys like Josh Naylor, Ty France that they want to get at bats too. So it's really just about the playing time with him. If he was playing uh, close to every day, even just kind of like 70% of the time, I think the power and the speed equates to a guy that should be rostered in the main event. But if he's only playing a couple days a week, uh, two or three days a week, which has kind of been the case so far, then it becomes a little bit tougher. Obviously, in NL only, he should be rostered right now. Um, but I'm just I'm interested to see how the playing time shakes out because he is right-handed. Uh, as you mentioned, he hasn't necessarily gone to finishing school at like AAA. Um, you know, I, he looks good. I mean, he's he's obviously very athletic. Uh, could be a great source of steals, but I'm I'm not necessarily sold on him hitting enough, uh, especially against righties, for him to hit for a high average this year, but I'm more interested in the playing time than I am the, the batting average. Like if, if he gets the playing time, I think you can stomach like a 245 average. If you're getting the steals and you're getting the occasional homer. Nice. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, anything uh, with your brewers that have has caught your eye. I know Josh Lindblom left yesterday. Uh, I haven't been watching the brewers. I watched, so I think one game against the Cubs, but anything you could tell us, you know, some insight into that team, as a fan uh well i i really 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 miss yes Monty grandal um <laughs> i think it as i he probably misses the brewers too i think he's off to a miserable start yeah mm. i mean i just miss him defensively like yeah. it's it's i think the most frustrating thing for me uh as a fan because Craig Council's a good manager. like He he rarely does stuff that upsets me. Um, so the thing, and I'm always looking for stuff that upsets me. And uh, 
the thing that that yeah. upsets me more more than anything right now is just watching catchers uh turn what should have been strikes into balls by being bad at at framing and by like overdoing it i've seen a lot of that well yeah i mean that's bad but also just you know you'll you'll have a guy like corbin burns or brandon woodruff where it's you know it's electric stuff and it's getting the corner but the guy just can't catch the ball in a way that makes it look like it got the corner and so you're just kind of giving away a strike there and then like you said yeah like uh just kind of way overreacting on the frame job so that the ump even sees that you're you're clearly pulling it up Mm-hmm. or pulling it down and then you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt later in the game when you do that so um it's been frustrating to watch uh omar narvaez i mean he's been he's been fine at the dish but uh really a massive downgrade there defensively and and i think narvaez has actually probably been a slightly better for the brewers uh, defensively than he was for the mariners last year i think they have gotten him to improve, improve slightly there but um that's been probably the most frustrating thing and uh you know, I thought Burns looked great when he was on. Um, you know, Woodruff ran into NL Cy Young candidate Kyle Hendricks on on opening day. Um, so you know, not, not much draw. can do there. Yeah, tough draw. Yeah, brutal uh, draw. Hoping Hendricks keeps it up uh, against your Reds. I I wonder are you are you feeling good about that start? Because we we need him to keep it going for our main event. Team. Yeah, I feel real good about that start. The Reds offense <laughs> is just bad, it. man. I by the way, Josh Van Meter, he needs to go, I think, James. <laughs> um honest to God. He's just been really bad. And if Mustaka is out for any length of time, maybe bring up Garcia, Jose Garcia. Shift right. uh Galvis the second, I don't know. But it's with Mustakas and Senzel out, the offense has been just really bad. So, yeah, the Reds not really that scary team we thought they might be, at least like the offense. So that's right, well, that, that makes me feel better about it because, you know, whenever you just see that at Cincy, you're a little bit worried. But yeah. uh, I promise you, if, if Hendricks pitches like he did in his first start, uh, he will make very – I mean, we could be looking at a, a bad exit sub 100 pitch uh complete game i mean he was just absolutely ridiculous against the brewers was locating filth in all four quadrants and and they just had no chance all day well tom brenneman was lamenting how the reds were making alec mills look like kyle hendricks last night um <laughs> so if alec mills can pull a kyle hendricks i think kyle I, hendricks can pull a kyle hendricks i i actually like alex alec mills yeah i do i mean he looked really good last night but it was just he's not he was just He's not dominating the Reds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would I would have him ranked if he was prospect eligible, but he's not anymore. Let me ask you about one other starter before we sign off today. Tony Gonsolin, candidate for Friday's start. Alex Wood on the IL again. Hate to see that with Wood. I mean, he with the Reds, it was disappointing, but I was hoping maybe he could stay healthy again now that he was back with the Dodgers. That hasn't been the case. So do you see Gonsolin as a guy – I don't know if he's prospect eligible anymore, but do you see him as a, a viable streamer? Yeah, he is prospect eligible, and I didn't have him ranked super highly just because I, I thought he was going to need multiple injuries to get into that rotation in the short term. And sure enough, he, he's got multiple injuries ahead of him, so might get the chance. I already added him today in a, in a points league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, any any Dodger – who is in their rotation 
deserves to be rostered. So I think he's, he's no different. Um, I think he's kind of in that, you know, he's maybe a, a tad better than those singer Peterson, Javier guys we were talking about earlier. Uh, so I, I'd, I'd feel decent about playing him against uh, the Diamondbacks. Not sure if he'll be able to go five innings or not, but uh, beggars can't be choosers. And then the big question is, when does Clayton Kershaw come back? Um, I'm starting Kershaw in a couple NFBC leagues over uh, Sandy Alcantara this week. Just on the off chance Kershaw is ready for uh, a start Sunday. Um, but it might, we might have to wait till next week on that one. But once once Kershaw's back, I think Gonsolin uh, heads back to either the satellite camp or the or the bullpen. So this might be a spot start for him. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear Kershaw maybe could be ready that soon. I I think they'd probably be real cautious with him and limit him to what three or four innings right away. But at least getting him back would be pretty big for that team. Uh, and you mentioned David Peterson. Just wanted to circle back on him. Lefty did pick up the win as debut Tuesday, but uh, seven hits, two walks over five and two thirds innings. He's kind of in that in that mix with uh, Brady Singer and those types. Like he's he's actually that that good. Because the numbers yeah. don't jump out as as much as a guy like Javier, obviously. Well, no, nobody's numbers jump out no. like Javier. But I mean, I think I think Peterson stacks up pretty well uh, with Brady Singer. I mean, he's um, probably got a better third pitch. I mean, he's, he's probably got a better changeup than than Singer. Uh, Singer's fastball slider combo is probably a tad better than Peterson's, but. Peterson's a lefty. Peterson is uh, a lead at generating ground balls. So I think he's right in that mix with those guys where you don't want to, you don't want to just leave him in there. Um, but if you can play the matchups and you can stream him in, in favorable spots, I'd be okay with it. Very nice. Well, we wrapped up the hip hop draft a few weeks ago. We got to get the results out there and get a poll going. Although I'm sure I'll come out on the losing end. That's all right. My my uh, draft will hold up with time. But do you have any ideas of what we could do for our next hip hop segment? I was thinking maybe like a hidden gems draft or something like this. Um. Well, man, I should have been keeping like we got we got like a dozen awesome suggestions from listeners back uh, before we started doing uh, Spores idea the, the, the hip hop yeah, draft. I, I could look some of those up maybe. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe we'll we'll think of something. Um, But uh, when do you want me to drop those those results? I didn't I didn't really feel like releasing them last week because it was like right around opening day, and Mm. who cares, you know? Um, (laughs) Who even I drafted um, relative to opening day? But um, I could I could drop them this week if you want. Yeah, how about, you know, when I tweet the uh, pod, maybe you quote sure. retweet with a screen grab or something. That'd be cool. I uh, I, know, I do expect to come out of the losing end, but we'll see. And that's fine, even if I do. But I, I had fun with that, and I think the playlist we cultivated with the help of our our friend uh, is, is really good. I was listening to that just recently. So Andrew Redding is the guy who... Uh, cultivated that playlist we appreciate it and that's a it's one of our best you know i think our commercial jams playlist was pretty good but this one i think exceeds that one best you could say 
James, anything else on your mind before we wrap up today? Nah, man. Um, it's good to have baseball back. Hopefully it's, it's here to stay. Um, and hopefully but, uh, the Marlins don't go partying in Hotlanta again. Jeez, <laughs> uh, that's just an insane story. But let's just try to get keep baseball going. Keep the big picture in mind, guys. Uh, James, appreciate your insight as always. Look forward to playing out this season in the main event. Let's hope our bats pick it up pretty soon. I know Tatis was carrying the load yesterday, but we need yeah, Vlad to pick it, it up. It can't be all on Tatis and Kyle Lewis to carry our main event bats. <laughs> Vlad at least homeward, but man, he does look pretty beefy. <laughs> He's it's like he, he slimmed down over the winter, and then he put it all back on, and maybe in, and then some during the yeah, he. He put on the COVID nineteen um, at least. <laughs> like he, he's a he's a big boy now. I mean, he was a big boy before, but I, I sent you that screen grab of him like very slowly, methodically walking towards home plate on that home run. Um, he's he's at least like twenty five pounds heavier than than when we saw him in the, the AFL a couple of years. ago. And like I know, early in the winter, he was way down. Like he was, yeah, he was. taking himself. You know, taking his uh, weight seriously, and now he's just – I still think he's going to rake, but <laughs> I, I do kind of worry about about that. And I do kind of – it makes sense of the move to the first so suddenly. Uh, yeah. That all kind of makes sense now. James, we appreciate it. We appreciate our friends at Sportsplex for sponsoring the show. We hope you all will join us next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.